Hello and welcome to Pocketful of Why. In this podcast, we explore lessons we've learned and what we wish we'd learned sooner. Today, we're talking book club. Daphne du Maurier, Ursula K. Le Guin, Sally Rooney. With a sprinkle of drag race, shag marry kill and nosy neighbour karaoke. I'm Charlotte, my pronouns are she, her. I was year five arm wrestling champion. I'm Hannah, my pronouns are they, them and I'm addicted to hand cream. On, On with the show! With the show. Soft intro. Soft intro. Ooh, so yeah, we're running out of facts about ourselves for the intro. There is literally <laughs> nothing left about myself. You've got it all. You've got it, guys. I might just start doing a fact. Just general facts. Yeah, just like a fun fact that I've enjoyed that week. I love fun facts. Yeah, who doesn't love a fun fact? And there's not many fun <laughs> facts about me left. Maybe I'll add one in if a new fun thing has happened to me. <laughs> I am currently thinking about how my childhood best friend fell down a manhole and that would have been a good fun fact. Oh, well, you've said that now. I know, I've ruined that one. Ian told me this boss fact last night, which is pirates used to wear earrings to pay for their funerals. How edgy is that? That is amazing. And um, I love it because you'd know whether it'd have to be a gay funeral or not, depending on which year. I mean, all the information <laughs> provided. <laughs> I love it. Um... I've got a really good pirate fact as well about eye patches. Oh, what's the eye patch one? So um, most pirates apparently didn't have a missing eye, but the eye patch was so that you always had one eye like acclimatised to below death. <gasps> you wouldn't spend five minutes there like, come on, eyes, get used to it, you know? Cause it Hannah is currently doing a lot of blinking, listeners. Blinking, <laughs> blinking. That is a boss fact, though. I might start wearing an eye patch for when I'm out sunbathing <laughs> and come back in. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. I think that's such a bad show. Watch the tan. <laughs> Although if you swapped it a lot, it'd just look like a sunglasses tan. Oh no, I don't sunbathe like forward facing because I'm always reading a book. So the back of me is always really well tanned. <laughs> I remember going on, uh, our school had like an alternative PE course where you could go like dry ski s- slope skiing. Yeah, and like yeah. horse riding, which I couldn't do. So I did orienteering, two goes mm-hmm. in the run. And um, I remember my classmates being like, Charlotte, why are the backs of your legs really brown? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just lying in the sun reading. Yeah. If I faced the other way, I'd have to like, I don't know, just lie there. You'd have to hold your book up by yourself against gravity. <laughs> Ugh, that doesn't sound relaxing. You don't like reading that much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so today's like a bit of a chill catch-up vibe and we keep interrupting our podcasts to go off on one. With nonsense. Mainly about (laughs) Rebecca and we have actually scheduled in some time to talk about about Seth nonsense. (laughs) Well, I love it because we started this podcast because we were like dominating the D&D chat with our nonsense Mm -hmm. so we literally were like let's make a podcast and now we're having to do a whole episode to concentrate the nonsense just maybe this one shouldn't be called the catch-up it should just be the nonsense Uh, yeah the nonsense love it (laughs) so yeah we finished rebecca it was a couple of weeks ago now wasn't it spoilers ahead listeners because you reckon we'll just do spoilers rebecca is like over 100 years old guys like you should read it Pause now. I'll fast forward a little. Okay, yeah, okay. So we finished Rebecca. Yes. And I loved it. And you know what? 
if you if you haven't read Rebecca and you're planning on it, like legit skip ahead mm-hmm. because it is worth it. The stuff in it that did made us gasp. Yeah. It made make us gasp. Yeah. I've told you when I was listening to the audio and I had mm-hmm. one headphone in and was shelving books in the library where the students were also in. I probably shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> and when the big twist happened, I was like <gasps> and the whole room looked over and I had to be like, oh, just just an audiobook, guys. Like <laughs> such a librarian we're all there like oh my god miss no but there's twists and then there's rebecca level twists so which twist are you talking about because i think there's a few like full spoilers now listeners so mm-hmm. he he did it he killed her yeah max killed rebecca maxim de winter full baddie explains the whole vibe you're like oh that's why you've been a mopey bastard but then also i feel like her unraveling of Rebecca as this like boss intense character is another twist because then you're just there like oh she was wonderful and amazing and you killed her because of that Mm -hmm. but then you've got like the whole the bad cousin that comes by and that she was wild and untamable like I loved all that and then the twist that our narrator is like oh sound Maxim let's still be pals (laughs) it wasn't that you didn't like me it's that you're a murderer I like you more now. Oh, as long as you like me and you're a murderer. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the first chapter, um, last night I dreamt a man, went to Mandley again, that bit. Mm-hmm. So that's in the future. That's post the book, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and she's like off in some foreign land with someone. She doesn't say who. And, you know, where all the bad things that have happened are in the past and we have moved on. And throughout the book, you're there, like, it is not Max who she's with at the mm-hmm, end. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was going to be Frank. Or, um, oh, what's the lad's name? Is it Roger, one of the servants? I don't remember Roger. Was he, like, all right? Was it Roger? Oh, a bit kind to her. He was, he was sound. He was, like, he was the one who got blamed for breaking that Cupid statue that she broke because she's that... an idiot. <sighs> when you were saying it's so tense, she's broken the statue, and I was like, no. But just wait. I'm going to say, <laughs> tensest moment in that book is when we know that the horrible housekeeper mm-hmm. has set her up about the whole white dress thing. Oh my God, yeah. And then she goes down the stairs at the party in the same outfit as the dead wife and everyone's like, <gasps> <sighs> that killed me. I love that. I mean, I knew there was something about the portrait and the dress mm-hmm. because of the um, that Mitchell and Webb look sketch about Rebecca. So I didn't I didn't have any spoilers about this book, but there's that. <laughs> I've not seen it. I think we'll put a link in our show notes. <laughs> it's so good. So David Mitchell plays Mrs. Danvers. <laughs> and the, the joke is like, because in the, in the book, it's like, oh, the last Mrs. De Winter did this. Mm-hmm. The last Mrs. De Winter used to go there. Oh, you can't go into the East Wing because that's where the last Mrs. De Winter's bedroom is and all that. So in the Mitchell and Webb look sketch, they're talking about the next Mrs. De Winter. <laughs> So it's like, you can't go in the tennis courts because the next Mrs. De Winter will like playing tennis. And then the bit with the portrait. So she comes down in the big dress like, look, Max, I have the picture in the portrait. And then you turn to the picture and over the face it says TBD. (laughs) Very good, very good. Absolutely howled. I just, she's such a good writer. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been ages since I've read like a proper book. And that is a proper book. It's so good. Yeah, but it's such a good book proper book yeah you can just tell like 
that Daphne du Maurier had dogs and loved dogs. So there's bits like... There's a whole thing about how the older dog isn't bothered about the narrator because she's like she's like blind, isn't she? And she'll hear her footsteps come and then she'll sniff and she knows that it's not her old mistress kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is an old dog vibe. And then the bit... Well, the bit when Max is, like, telling... We still don't know the narrator's name by the end, do we? The narrator, mm-hmm. we're going to have to say. Like an English lit essay. You get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> when Max is telling her, he's there like, yeah, I, I killed her. Just like clinging to each other in this awkward silence. And then the dog is like licking its foot. <laughs> <laughs> and like me and Ash were like, the dog was not licking its foot. It was doing that like disgusting like bum suck that dogs do in awkward moments. Oh. Like we know. What Rebecca met, what Daphne <laughs> You know that, like... <laughs> yeah, bum suck was sufficient, but thank you. She writes animals perfectly. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I want to know if um, she's got a more dog-centric book going. I'll read that. Bonjour. Yeah. Have you guys been brave enough to read any more Daphne du Maurier? No, not yet. No, me either. We've started our next book... Ash tried to start reading me E.T. E.T.'s a book? Uh, and I think it's a book written based off the film. Uh, I wasn't... Uh. I couldn't get into it. It was nice. I think Ash remembers it maybe from his childhood. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. But it just wasn't... After Rebecca, do you know what I mean? It just wasn't doing it for me. It, that's a bit of a genre shift. Mm. So we've started The Dispossessed by Ursula K. Oh, I'm so bad. I haven't read any... Ursula K. Le Guin. Like, Ian is a big fan and there's loads of books in our house. She's incredible. Uh, but I think it might have to be a couple read too because I probably won't embark on it without Ian being like, come on. I would recommend that. And I know we were talking after our last record, we were talking about Harry Potter yeah. and um, the like grief that I feel about it, mm-hmm. about how I don't want to read it to my hypothetical children anymore. Yeah. And I would replace it with Earthsea. Earthsea is gorgeous and you will love it. And it totally fits that sharing it with a kid whole. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> whole wasn't the word. <laughs> it's like completely out for you. Because I've thought about this a lot as well. Like mm. I managed to pinch a bit of the experience because I read it to my little sister, the fir- a bit of the first book. Cute. But being so advanced mm-hmm. like she is, she didn't need me mm-hmm. so she could read on. And I was like, are you sure you don't want me to read a few more chapters to you? But now, knowing what we know and where we are, I just feel a bit, like, dirty at the thought of it. Well, right. I don't know. It's a hard one. I mean, I read books by bad people and yeah. I kind of sever the person off from it. Um, but I think we're going to all have to come to that with our own, you know... I think it's like, it was so special. Um, It was, you know, we all got so, like, wrapped up in that universe, didn't we? Mm -hmm. I feel like I wouldn't want to encourage that. There's so many other universes that we can get wrapped up in. Do you know what I mean? And also, like, your children will want to build their own childhood memories. Like, I, I can't remember, like, the pressure of, I think... There was lots of books that got handed down to me that I loved, but the pressure of somebody mm-hmm. handing down like a beloved book and you not enjoying it and having to be like, oh, yeah. mom, I don't, I don't really like it. <laughs> that one was okay, but I don't want to read the next one. And then being like, what? This was my like what? amazing, wonderful mm. thing. 
So yeah, making new memories yeah. is maybe a shout or this. That's it. This other one. Honestly, Earthsea is gorgeous. I think I might read it again soon. And like, it is arguably a kids' book. Mm-hmm. Well, books. I think there's four. Yeah, I need to read them again. You know when you're reading something and you're like, I want to know this universe like the back of my hand. Yeah. You know, that vibe. Like like Game of Thrones, like Harry Potter. It's just it's so like well thought out and beautifully detailed. Oh, I didn't know you read the Game of Thrones books. Uh, I listened to the audiobooks. And that counts. <laughs> that counts, right? It was a while ago. It was when we were in Spain, actually, when we were working in all the farms. I remember there was a bit, you know, the bit where um, Daenerys is she's just been given to the horse mm-hmm. guys. God, horse it's been ages wars. since I've like engaged with. Any Game of Thrones content. I know, it's kind of dead to me after the last season. That was just crazy. Mm. There's a bit in it where she's Khaleesi Mm -hmm. and they're like battling through this like barren grass desert. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember reading that, having that in my headphones and I was raking up like a field of leaves (laughs) all day in like 40 degree heat. And I'm there like, I get it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm there with you, babes. Like... Love it. I do love it, though, when that pairs up. I remember reading The Snow Child by Eowyn... I can't remember what her surname is now. Ivy, I think it is. It'll be in the show notes. And she's an incredible author. And it was cold outside, and it's this like beautiful tale in the cold and barren land. And it was not quite cold and barren to their extent, but it's just, it really adds something, doesn't it? When you're reading that kind of book in the same climate or in the same vibe and being wrapped up and getting back and reading more of that was like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I never finished reading um, The Shining because I was reading it on holiday and I was in a tent reading it by torchlight <laughs> and it was the bit. Have you read The Shining? No, I can't. I can't finish a Stephen King. The tension kills me. I just can't. <laughs> I read Misery and oh, I remember her coming back in the house, him <laughs> trying to get over the threshold in the wheelchair and making this enormous noise and I literally had to clap the book shut and be like, I can't. It's not for me. Can't. No. Well, that, that's what happened to me with The Shining. It was the bit when he's, um, you know, he goes into the hotel room and there's the, like, the zombie woman with the tits. Oh. Horrible corpse in the yeah. bath. And I'm there in, it was like my first holiday without a grown-up. So it was just reading like me and Stephen my teenage King. boyfriend in a tent reading Stephen King. And then years later, you know, you're like going through your books when you move in house or whatever. And I found it and I was like, oh, what's this in The Shining? And it was our... um a sheet of paper with our go-kart times on from that holiday because I've been using that as a bookmark and not got past that point. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I just feel like, no, no more scary book. <laughs> we, me and Ian, as a couple read The Road, oh no, The Stand. Oh yeah. By Stephen King and I couldn't finish that either. I was like, this is a before bed chill book and I just can't do it anymore. It wasn't even scary, that one. It was just so tense. Like, I appreciate and think Stephen King is brilliant but it's just not my vibe. I just can't do it. It's not a Bobo's no. vibe. I think Stephen King makes it, it's it makes a great holiday read. Yeah, like I've been sat on a sunny beach, yeah, you know, with a warm beer, and like knowing for sure that I'm gonna have I'm gonna spend all evening in some bar somewhere with friends. Like Safe. that's a vibe for a Stephen King book. Exactly. Like that's when I read it, you know? <laughs> I tried I can't remember which one it is. It's the vampire one. Oh, I'm not sure. And basically the first chapter I was reading it at night 
and it's you know that there's a vampire in the grave and there's this man digging this grave <laughs> and he sits down to roll a ciggy and it's early afternoon and then he digs a little bit more and he's like oh my wife made me a flask of tea I'll sit down and 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 slowly the sun is going down and down and down the end of the chapter the sun sets and I was just like no 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 he's just a master of suspense isn't he it's amazing um when I was at uni you know I did half a creative writing degree there were like four people who they, all they would talk about was Stephen King. It was boring. All they had to talk about, like, would be there, like, we're meant to be doing poetry <laughs> about sheep or something. And they're like, well, in Dreamcatcher, um, there's this horrific snake that comes up from the toilet to murder people. Oh. And you're like, is this relevant? <laughs> Why would you? Why would Spoiler. you? You know, I've got a thing about snakes and about toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. oh my god! That just smacks of. I didn't really appreciate this fully until. Have you like watched or seen Normal People or read any Sally Rooney? No, I haven't. Have to. Essential. Just put it on yeah. your to read list. Really good. But the way she writes about English lit students bullshitting their way through seminars really hit me hard. <laughs> <laughs> I felt oh very gosh. very seen when it's basically just a room full of people pretending they've read Jane Austen. And like the one person in the tutorial who's like, right, okay, then guys, I will be the person who basically tells you all the plot in veiled comments that are like, okay, (laughs) I see how you said that the key themes are horror. And what I'm going to tell you that it's not a horror book. It's a classic. (laughs) And it's actually quite humorous. Oh, it just, it cut me deep. I've been that person in lectures. What does that tell you about the course? (laughs) It is so hard and arduous to be that person. But at the same time, I've been very grateful for that person before. True. Let's just say that anything like medieval, I just don't care. I I just don't care. I did not take that module. I was reminded of a big mistake that I made in uni the other week. Ooh, like an anxiety, can't get to sleep (gasps) mistake. No, I, well, I was helping a friend out with their dissertation and it just got me thinking about uni stuff mm-hmm. and how crap I was at it all. Not true, but go on. And there was 100% true. Um, <laughs> so I barely ever went in, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I was always around to my either you. And, um, you used to come to my stuff? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be near you. Um, one time I'd actually gone in and I'd really enjoyed the lecture. And it was about Frankenstein, um, which I'd read. So I was really feeling on top of things. Yeah, didn't we do that for A-level? That's why I chose that module, because I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Frankenstein's boss, though. I'd take that module, too. Right. So I was in the lecture. I had a, um, My tutor was this um, really boss German woman. She had a bit of an accent. Um, that can't take all of the blame for this mistake. <laughs> She said the essay title in the lecture, and I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote the essay, handed it in. And then she emailed me like, where did you get this essay title from? <laughs> and I was like, the lecture? The essay title was, discuss the male gaze in Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And I had written it down, G-A-Y-S, because I'd not heard of <laughs> the male gaze as a thing. <laughs> and honestly, babe, like I've searched through my Google Drive to find... What? Where, what where were the male gaze in Frankenstein? Know. 
<laughs> like, I, I love what? this subplot that you've created. Um, I've been trying to think about it, right? So the thing is, I didn't know anything about, like, queerness when I was, what, 20? I would kill <laughs> so to read that now essay. Now I'm there like, okay... Okay, so maybe the monster is like a metaphor for Frankenstein's like view of his own queerness, you know, and how it's something, it's this thing that he's like create. I, I'm not saying that this is true. I'm saying that maybe you could write an essay about that. It's a stretch. And maybe it's the whole like unhallowed, like against religion, right? outside of society, like this reclusive longing that's never quite met. But I don't. I definitely wasn't that eloquent. Have I just written an essay that's like the were on <laughs> Victor Frankenstein, like wears camp clothes? I, what was in that essay? I just—it's got to be somewhere because you never throw anything away. Like, it, surely you've got that. I might have deleted it through embarrassment. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. This is a lesson for all of our previous and future selves that. Whenever you do something embarrassing, keep it because in a few years' time, you will treasure that and it will be it's gold. It's going to be hilarious. And you will want to read it out <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> so I thought of a new segment and I think you're going to love it. I tested it on Ash last night while he was making me dinner and it sorted out our grumpy mood. So like... <laughs> Ooh, I am down. <laughs> So, it's a classic game of Shag, Marry, Kill. Yes! This and Would You Rather are my top two long walk games, so I'm down. Love it. I've made a little Google Doc, and I've gone on the dating app Hinge, which... <laughs> <laughs> the, like, premise of it is um, it has, like, little prompts, and you, you choose three of them and you answer them. Mm-hmm. I've, like, gathered them all of the same theme. Ooh. So this week's prompt is the way to win me over. Okay. And I've got three answers, and you've got to choose Shag, Marry, Kill, okay? I just want to clarify before we start the game, because I feel like you are the type of person who may have written your own answer and slipped that in there. There's there's nobody that we know <laughs> who's on there. <laughs> no, these are all weirdos off the internet. These are all faceless losers. Don't worry about cool. it. Cool. I'm excited. Bring on the candidate, Scylla. But if I've read out your answer, you know, don't be upset. Like, everyone sounds like an idiot on a dating profile. It's just impossible mm -hmm. to sound cool, so don't worry about it. Okay. The way to win me over is contestant number one. Mm -hmm. Make me a cuppa. Ooh, strong. Strong start. <laughs> oh no, but I'd be making the cuppa. Mm. Contestant number two, baking and strava. Oof. Rough. <laughs> Moving on. Number three, have tattoos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, okay, making a cuppa. Mm -hmm. So the way to win them over is to make a cuppa. I know that me and you are not the people in the household who generally make the cuppas. Oh, I do, but I'm the person in the household who requires a cuppa when pissed off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's an easy love language to get into. I mean, I texted you yesterday when <laughs> I'd come home, first day of period, angry, to find that Ian had not prepared the tea that he had said he would. Yeah. And I text you with my Charlotte is pissed off cuppa, which is a thing in our house. Mm -hmm. And Ian goes straight to, I can see that I've pissed you off. Would you like me to make you a cuppa? So I get this Amazing. person... 
I feel like that is a foundation for our marriage. So I'm going for marry for that one. Okay. Like, me and you can both regulate our moods and our relationship on a cup of tea. Would you like a cuppa? Simple pleasures. Simple yeah. pleasures. Yeah. As long as I've got oat milk in that cuppa, I am down. I can really dig that. I'm going to actually easily bin off the have tattoos because I currently do not have any tattoos. <laughs> kill them. And, oh gosh, who am I shagging? <laughs> Baking and Strava, to be fair. Oh, to be fair, of the shag ones, they're probably... A, going to have some great snacks when I go around to their house to have a shag. Right. And B, probably going to be really fit. Cool. Definitely like some endurance. A very athletic bang. Right. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're killing the person who's who requests have tattoos. Because like, what? Yeah. Like, not even, you know, someone who... Alternative. Like, loves getting tattoos and we can go together and we'll talk about, like, the loves various art. meanings of our tattoos together or whatever. Like, no, just literally someone who's got one. Well, multiple. Like, saying, like, be a size, whatever. Like, really? Win you over? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in line with you. The couple one, to me, it suggests, like... An awareness. I mean, the thing is, you're looking at it through like a narrative frame, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Look at me. I've remembered that I went to uni. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see the narrative frames. In fact, I remember the picture my English teacher drew on the board. I do of remember several that picture. narrative frames of Gatsby. <laughs> no, it's not Gatsby. That was Ancient Mariner. Oh, Ancient Mariner. Oh God, don't. Let's not. Honestly, our whole friendship is based on a hatred of that fucking poem. <laughs> oh, although there's a woman I know who is boring as shit (laughs) and every conversation I have with her she tells me the same sad story of how she married the wrong person and the red flags and I feel (laughs) like she's the modern day ancient mariner doomed to retell this boring sad story and at least the ancient mariner had the good decency to tell it to drunk people honest (laughs) to god stop telling me ancient mariner level like, moral of the story when I have not had a drink. Unacceptable. But, Wherefore, okay. stop us thou me? <laughs> <laughs> Ruined albatrosses for me, that. Yeah, okay. Is there another one? I'm liking this game. Do you want another one? I was thinking we'd save them yeah. and we'd do one a week. Oh, you can't just give me one. Can we have another one, please? Pretty please. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to find the dark, though. <laughs> I'm not ready. But yeah, like, the thing about dating apps that is really interesting though is like it's not just you're not there like oh i like cuppers you're there like Mm -hmm. you've chosen of of three things that you're gonna say about yourself you've chosen one of them to be cuppers cuppers. but then i think that's quite nice it's like let's do homey chill things like have a nice time curl up with a cuppa for me is basically shorthand for introvert love that okay okay this is a really good one (laughs) come on (laughs) the prompt is the key to my heart is okay, mm-hmm. contestant number one, bachelor number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lord Farquaad. Top scrans. Top scran? Ooh, okay, okay. Next one. This is very strong, so prepare yourself. Pesto pasta. <sighs> okay, okay. <laughs> Such Contender. A good one. Contender, because that's all I can make. <laughs> And then the next one, honesty and openness. Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay. See, I like liars who hide things from me. (laughs) No, but I feel like somebody who puts that is, it's like a pointed thing. 
Like, if you were just honest and open, you wouldn't think of it as a personality trait. Right. You just would be honest and open. So someone who's there like, I'll be honest and open unlike my ex, is basically what they're saying. (laughs) It is what they're saying, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's cringe. You go first on this one. I'm interested on your shag, marry, kill. So marry pesto pasta. Obviously. Because pesto pasta... It's not just a meal. Do you know what I mean? Like, it really does mean something. Mm -hmm. Like, pesto pasta is like, okay, like, we've had a shocking day, you know. We're exhausted. We're starving. We're sad. Yeah. Let's just literally just boil some pasta, Mm -hmm. put a jar of mushy goo in it, and we'll eat it. And then we've eaten, and we're we're okay, Mm -hmm. you know. It's even, I mean... You can make a huge bowl of it and it's going to last for ages. You can jazz up a pesto pasta, yep. like a tin of sweet... I've gotten into a really big lunch pesto pasta vibe. Pesto pasta with like a side salad, loads of veg in it. Right. Beautiful. Cook up some sausages and chop them diagonally and suddenly it's fancy. Yeah. Chickpeas added. It's a health food. Ew. <laughs> chickpeas only get mushed up in hummus for me. I'm not going to eat a whole chickpea. Oh, I love a chickpea. Oh my God, do you know that joke? Um, what's the difference between a chickpea and a garbanzo bean? No. I wouldn't pay 500 quid to have a garbanzo bean in my mouth. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's bad. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, everybody, for that disgusting joke. I mean, you are literally... You nearly did kill a man because of your disgusting joke. (laughs) (laughs) We can't air it. We can't air like, that joke. DM us if you want to hear a filthy joke. We'll maybe do a voice recording and send it out through the DMs. <laughs> you know what? Maybe this could be our Patreon content. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best joke ever written and I got it off, you know, fiancé of the podcast. Ian. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying for ages that at some point we're going to have to do a pocket full of white after dark and if we ever do, mm. that joke is in it. That, that is our opening fact. I love that joke. I've got it's some just... really good filthy, filthy jokes. I love a filthy joke though. They're just brilliant. Okay, okay so I'm so marrying, marrying pasta, pasta, pasta guy. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, okay, so this is kind of mean. I think I'm going to shag honesty and openness a person. They're not going to be a good shag. I could be like, do this. Do as you're told. Because they sound like a weakling. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, they sound like they'll do what I say. I'll get what I want, Mm -hmm. what I need. Yeah. That's not the kind of person that I want around full time, you know? You can be honest and open about what you want. Yeah, and then Top Scran's getting murdered because, ew, Top Scran. Top scram. Again, like, Ugh. you know, you've got three opportunities... To tell me about yourself. ...to get your personality across on this app, and that person has chosen to say top scram. At least pasto pasta, like, we get it. We get what you're going it for. Gets something we understand across. the, like, vital nature of pesto pasta right. in all of our lives at some point or other. I've eaten yeah. out of the pan, yeah. Eleanor Oliphant style, and I have felt those, like, comforting, <laughs> comforting moments of... <laughs> oh my gosh, it's going to be okay because yeah. I've got pesto pasta in. Oh God, so you know how I'm a massive loser who re-listens to old episodes of our podcast when I feel sad? Do I always talk about Eleanor Oliphant? <laughs> so there's an episode <laughs> where you talk about that and you're like, have you read Eleanor Oliphant? It's completely fine. And at the time I thought you were saying, if I haven't read that book, it's okay. <laughs> like, don't worry if you haven't read this one book. We can it. still be friends if you haven't. <laughs> Honestly, though, you and I should read that book as a couple's book. It is really good. I've heard of it elsewhere as well. But oh, I'm going to completely segue because I entirely agree with you on all of those Shagmary kills. Wah, wah, wah. 
It's a segue alarm. We have announced the segue. Tell me alarm. (laughs) And talk about how you are now into Drag Race. (gasps) Yeah. And we can talk about it. We can talk about it. All thanks to one beautiful Bimini Bomb Boulash. Yes. On that note, let's go for a wee. What? Well, I just, I need a wee. You didn't use the chickpea joke to segue into a wee. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't pay 500 pounds to go to the toilet. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. My brain's full of work. In a bit. Should we talk about everyone's current favourite vegan? Bimini <laughs> Have you had the Bimini burger from our local takeout? Um, no, because curse of vegan success, they've never got any slots when I want one. Oh no, they've hired somebody new, so they've got extra slots. That's good. And did you see their Instagram the other day? No. With the picture of the keys. <gasps> I feel like they're opening another <laughs> restaurant and I am praying to the vegan gods that it's in Wallasey. It better not. Mm, I don't know, because we are thinking... Well, we are attempting to buy a house. Ooh! You know, at some point in this decade. Um, I did see one, actually. It was um, round by you somewhere. Um, It had a massive back garden. By me? How exciting. Yeah, on your side of things. Um, And um, over the road from the house was this, like, massive public field. Perfect for dog walks. Well, exactly. And could grow all kinds in the garden. So, yeah, anyway, Bimini Burger, Drag Race. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to be picked up on the podcast, but you may hear the lilting tones of a drunk home christening, which <laughs> I presume has now turned into karaoke. Oh, good. Or somebody's been like, my mate Dave is a beautiful singer. I'll bring him along and he'll sing a song for the babby. And Dave has turned out to be a disappointment. So if you can hear the person I'm christening as Dave, uh, there's a full double gazebo set up in one of my neighbour's garden. Not to be a grass. Isn't it rule of six? And we're not allowed to go to each other's houses. Well, saying this, I'm not sure if they've been like super in the rules and done gatherings of six throughout the day. Oh, okay. Because whenever I've been, uh, it's my afternoon off, so I've I've been checking in. I had a little nose. Of course you have. I've been like, oh. There is six people there, and then mm. I checked in an hour later, and there's six other people there. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they're just breaking the rules. Well, like, I think there is quite a big fine if, you, if you're if you naughty, and maybe they're assuming that you're a grass. I mean, I'm not, but I can imagine in our road... Thinking that you are. Oh, people in the group <laughs> chat are like, somebody's put a sofa outside in I the alley. I can't believe your road's got a group chat. <sighs> My road's got a group chat. It's called Screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Ours is called Nosy Neighbours. And they close the road and have street parties. It's all very proper. I love how middle class you are these days. Drag Race, though. You were all excited to talk about Drag Race and we're not talking about Drag Race. Oh, so (laughs) I have been, like, a fan of Drag Race since season three. Mm -hmm. Like, years and years and years and years and years. And you have been defiantly... Not a fan of Drag Race yeah. for years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And something has changed and now you've just watched the like, latest season of the UK Drag Race? I've watched quite a lot of Drag Race the past few weeks. <laughs> okay, last time I yeah. like, spoke with you, you'd finished that season. Where are you up to now? Have you watched any of the Got Mick season? I'm up to date on that. We've just got the finals to go, haven't we? 
and I've been going back and I've watched season one of the UK one and I've yeah. started to go back and because I watched up to uh, Bianca Del Rio's season was the last US season oh. I watched before I decided I didn't like it anymore. Bianca Del Rio is top class, but yeah. But yeah, so I watched a lot of Drag Race when it was a fair ages ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I liked it. I don't know. It gave me like a weird taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I think we can blame it all on wonky gender stuff of my own. There is some inappropriate stuff and it's it's not very progressive. I mean, it's so progressive in one sense. Yeah. But some of the earlier jokes and some of the earlier mm-hmm. like things have been switched You've out. You've got female. <laughs> like. Yeah. And also just like there was a lot of like lesbians seem to be the butt of a lot of jokes starting out. Yeah. And that kind of, I don't know, like club scene has changed for it to be a little bit more progressive and open. And I think it's reflected the actual community, you know, like. Mm. But yeah, so I went off it. This was before, you know, I like knew about my gender and all this like years before. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was kind of like, oh, like, no, you can't, you don't get to caricature femininity. You don't get to mess around and do whatever, like, just for a laugh. Like, that's so disrespectful. Oh, wow. Was kind of my vibe, I guess. I thought you had a problem with it because of, like, the she-male stuff and, like, you know, the way that it was coming at it. It was, like, too irreverent. I don't know. I didn't get it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, I just, it didn't resonate with me. Um, Mm -hmm. In the way that it really does now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And as well, like, it's not Ash's cup of tea, like, at all. Ash cannot stand RuPaul, which is just hilarious, and I love having it on when he's around. (laughs) Ash doesn't have a very good tolerance for, like, trashy stuff anyway, though, does he? No, he's not not a trash hound like us. Yeah. So, on the Beeb, obviously, there's no ad breaks. Mm -hmm. The American one on Netflix with ad breaks, but there's no ads. So it just has the mm-hmm. bit, you know, the little the interlude, and it's like the Drag Race logo and RuPaul laughing. Yeah. So it goes like, ha 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 ha, and every time Ash is just like, what? Like, it's too much. <laughs> it, to be fair, the first time I watched it, I was like, what on earth Whoa. am I watching? Yeah. We were all round for a night at my cousin's house, and we lashed it on, and it was. Like, the first season, which is a lot. Is raw. Yeah. yeah. Is is really, really out there. Mm-hmm. And we were all, like, a few drinks in, like, what on earth are we watching? And I love that it's, like, that full on. And there's no, like, slow introduction. They're like, no, this is this is where we're at. We're not going to... Hold your hand. You know, pander to the mainstream gaze. Yeah. That was gaze, G-A-Z-E. Yeah. And the mainstream gaze. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, what is a mainstream gay? I guess not a drag queen. I think RuPaul is kind of mainstream gay culture, though. Well, now. I realise who RuPaul reminds me of. Oh? And I mean this with love, which means it's going to be a read. Um, Actually. <laughs> Jack Skellington. <laughs> you know, when he comes into the world. Oh my gosh, room. the suit and the like long limbs. The, the big round head. And the posing. And he's like, yeah. ooh. You know, he's like, what's this? I, do you know what's what? This? I can get that. And see it, yeah. And now I've kind of got it in my head that RuPaul is this like Halloween creature, <laughs> and it explains for me like some of the stuff about the show that I find a bit like annoying. 
So you know the way RuPaul tells a crap joke and everyone loses it laughing at him, <laughs> right? It's explained to me because RuPaul's a Halloween creature and you know like Dracula has like thrall over his victims. Ah. Like so like Michelle Visage and um, Graham Norton are in RuPaul's thrall. So of course they're going to laugh when mm-hmm. like, you know, someone's outfit's got a spot on it. And RuPaul's like, oh, that's a hole in one. They're like, they're proper like, ah! and you're like, it's not that funny. I don't know. Panelists can be replaced. I think there's a, <laughs> there's a deadly need. Like, remember mm. Mel Ginsberg? Well, no, you don't. Mel Ginsberg. And, and uh, Santino Rice. Shake the dice, Santino Rice. I still oh, don't yeah, know what that yeah. means. Like, like, like when you're going to roll some just dice. A, is, is it just a rhyme? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, like, oh, I'm going to roll the dice. Like, I'm going to take a risk. I think that's what it means, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. That's not that funny. Right? Yeah, no, um, I get you on that one. But <laughs> what was it that brought you back then? Like, okay. was it Bimini? Yeah. Or people talking about Bimini? It was the outrage. So literally, the final came out, didn't it? Oh, so you knew. So I knew <gasps> that Bimini didn't win. And um, everyone was kicking off about it. And, like, normally, mm-hmm. like, there's a couple of people on my social meds who talk about Drag Race sometimes, you know? And it's yeah. very ignorable. But after that final, everyone on my social media who watches Drag Race was like, what? Kicking mm-hmm. off about it. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I talk <laughs> to people and they're like, do you watch RuPaul? And I'm like, no, no, no. And they're like, oh, never mind then. And I'm like, oh. Uh- no, but I do mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was only I wasn't in, in work full time like I am now. I'm having to fit Drag Race around <laughs> full time work again, which is just so yeah. I I think I watched all of that UK season in like a couple of days. Oh, nice! And it was just it was so much better than I remembered Drag Race being. Oh, it is like head and shoulders above. Like that is a particularly brilliant season. Like the bit when Ginny Lemon and Bimini are having a little chat about being non-binary and stuff. Like, I wept. Obviously, I wept. I full cried. Yeah. It was beautiful. Are you even a human being if you didn't weep? Like, let alone you watching that. Like, I was weeping. (laughs) But just the fact that there's non-binary people on Drag Race, like, and then Mm -hmm. now in the American season, we've got Mick having a trans guy on Drag Race. It's just like, And also that a trans guy can do drag. And that they're all handling it with sensitivity and they're all like, yes, a trans guy can be They're just being sound in a feminine character and it's not gonna be like anything other than this is an amazing look or like I mean yeah. Gotmic is so good and Gotmic for the win. Like we still are recording this and we don't know who wins. Yeah. But I'm not ready for another Lawrence Cheney situation. If Simone wins, I won't fume. Yeah, Simone is the only other option. If Candy Muse wins, I'm burning down the franchise. Because <laughs> Candy Muse <laughs> should not be in the final. Come on, guys. Like, That's I presume show. it's just because RuPaul really likes Candy Muse. And, like, to be no, fair... it's for the drama. It's all a fix. Come on. And a, a final without four is a little bit, like, low energy. You need four of them to kind of, like, bring it in the workroom and when they're chatting and stuff. Just the four in the final? Yeah. Simone got Mick, Candy Muse. That's it, isn't it? No. Because <laughs> they had that episode. Oh, my God, this is really bad. Oh, 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 oh. Like, the, the, the one... Oh, Rosé. Rosé. Oh, Rosé's really good as well. Yeah. Rosé's really good. I like Rosé. Rosé's definitely... Uh, when Rosé started off, I was like, meh. But I'm really enjoying Rosé now. Mm-hmm. And Rosé's a pro. 
I like Rosé. Yeah. Uh, the singing and dancing weeks, Rosé is amazing. Yeah. But forgettable, um. apparently. <laughs> Sorry, Rosé. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Simone is like killing it with the fashion and had mm-hmm. some good challenges. And I just like love her as a person. I, I yeah. love the pair of them. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want them to get together. Is my vibe. <laughs> Ooh, I would read no. that fanfic. Maybe we should write that fanfic. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be like Sigmund and Wednesday 2.0. Ooh. We'll get a notebook and we'll pass it backwards and forwards. Babe, for real. <laughs> I, I think the listeners would love that. Um. <laughs> we'll read out chapter one next week, guys. But no, it is night and day. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because, you know, I'm British, it's British. So I've got to say mm-hmm. it like that because I know American people love it when we say British. Bottle of water, that kind of thing. That's how we're talking it, babe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like it being local, regional accents. Mm, it's lovely. Like Snatch Game. Yeah. The season one Snatch Game. That Trump impression is the best Trump impression I have ever seen. Ever. Ever. so good. And I love how political it was as well. Like the US one is never that political. Like they do have yes. politicians, but I love how... It, it's the UK sense of humour. We have such a, such a beautiful history of mourning our political situation through satire and comedy. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, like they've, they've got the recent Donald Trump search, but like you can see from that Snatch Game that we've had Thatcher to uh, draw material for, from. Donald Trump was an absolute writing for American satire. <laughs> like, that's too easy. I mean, I, d- I don't know if you can say that, like, <laughs> it was pretty bad no I mean like he was cu- created for it yeah you know? he was already a puppet to like begin with he's made an easy job yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> like imagine being in like Thatcher's Britain they're like I'm gonna have to write a topical comedy show about this woman <laughs> and she's not funny you know and it's got to be fun <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah all tea no collusion amazing so good so good I didn't like the first UK season as much. No. But have you seen the, the Canada one? No. Is, uh, there's a Canada drag race. Oh, I like Canadians. Yeah. RuPaul's not in it. And I think you'd like that. Oh, who's in it? Who's the, who's the host? Uh, one of the guest judges, and I can't remember his name now. He's very good looking and enigmatic. Um, enigmatic, is he? So, oh, Brooklyn Heights. Who's that? Ah, oh, on. You've not got the... Oh, come on. What are you doing? You've, you've watched the Bianca Del Rio and you've not watched Brooklyn Heights season. I don't know. I don't remember. With Vanjie? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's, it's a great one to go back and watch. Okay. Jeffrey Bauer Chapman? That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's quite handsome. Great loafer game. Oh, Brooklyn Heights. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see what you've drawn. It's a porn. It's a porn. Have you heard the best um, drag race? Ta- well, it's, they're now in Australian drag race, but just mm-hmm. random drag queen name is Karen from Finance. Love that. Oh my god. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Match better. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that bit. That bit in season one where they all get their mums on and bag of chips and, and their mum, and they're both like. I'm like imagining, like, if I was on something and they brought all the mums <laughs> in know. and me and mum would be like, all right, yeah, we're going to um, we're gonna have a chill laugh. <laughs> Your mum's there with the dog. Like... <laughs> of course, you'd have the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, so talking about Drag Race, 
this is relevant. So Ash doesn't like Drag Race, but he does like Snatch Game. Fair dues. Yeah. Uh, Snatch Game is iconic. I rewatched Snatch Game on YouTube. It was um, season one of the UK one, Snatch Game, which was amazing. I was like, yeah, babe, let's watch this together. And obviously it was incredible because of the Trump and the Thatcher and everything. Mm-hmm. So we watched that. And then we ended up going back to some other seasons and just watching some random Snatch Games. And then we were in bed. And um, see, this is going to come out all twee at first. And we were like, oh, babe, like, if heaven's real, me and you, when we get to heaven, we'll, like, put on amazing Snatch Games for each other and we'll do all, like, characters, like, from our lives. Why can't you do that anyway? <laughs> because, like, we'd, we'd play, like, 12 characters at once and obviously Got we you. need the, like, magical metaphysics of heaven for that to be possible. And then I was like, oh, babe, like, you could do my mum. You could do an impression of my mum. Because <laughs> my mum's got some catchphrases, you know? And he was like, no, you should do it. And I'm like, nah, I don't know, because, like, the line is a bit close. Like, there's a lot of overlap between me and mum. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I was going to prove myself wrong. And I did a catchphrase of my mum's, which was, um, oh, my God, what catchphrase did I go for? I can't remember. Oh, no, sit with it. I want to know the catchphrase. What, what catchphrase did I choose? Um, oh, I, I can't remember what it was. I went, here's a mad idea. Oh my gosh. In the room. <laughs> <laughs> and Ash goes, oh, what? Because he wasn't on two that I was doing an impression of my mom. He thought I was just saying that because that is also something that I just say. Great. How did your teenage self feel about that? I'm not I'm not upset that I'm turning into my mother. Oh, it's just, I used to say these things with like a tone and now these are just things that I say, you know? Yeah. You know, if someone was on telly who's from round here... I used to take the mick out of my mum by going, ooh, he's from round here. Oh, he's from round here. Yeah, but you said, you've always said that. Well, it used to be a joke and now it's just who I am. <laughs> it's, it's like babe, which I've had to turn into bab. Like, yeah. me and Ian started off the babe thing being like, ha ha, babe. <laughs> Eight years later, just there like, for God's sake. Mm, this yeah. was supposed to be satire for all those knobheads out there <laughs> who were calling each other babe and now we call <laughs> each other babe yeah definitely oh my god but i feel like i'm slowly changing a dog's name you know how you're supposed to like start off with something that sounds like the name and then slowly move on oh are you anyway okay hmm. yeah been watching a lot of uh dog's house oh apparently that's really good Th- there's a warning attached in that i sob like, because it's so cute and beautiful, but also mm. they do show dogs being, like, dropped off by their families because they can't keep them anymore. And then you get to, like, watch the dog, like, sob for them. It's a lot. It's a lot. But then you get to see them, like, rehomed and happy and bring in, like, cute. love and joy. and Yeah. Yeah. Have I ever told you about when we picked Ernie up? I don't think so. So we went to pick him up and it was quite a sad situation. So they'd got him as a puppy mm-hmm. and it was a family with... I think the youngest kid was like eight. Yeah. In um, Stockport. And um, so we went to pick him up and we met him and we were like, yeah, we'll have him. This is sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the Nana had developed Alzheimer's and they just didn't have like the time mm-hmm. to give the puppy what it needed, basically, as well as looking after their family. So it was like sad, but also like we were going to give him a good home. So it was okay. Mm-hmm. And we were getting in the car and um, my mum took his little dog tag off with their phone number right and there's the little girl there i wouldn't i've just pulled like a oh i wouldn't do that face for the listeners like (laughs) she took it off and she gave it to the little girl who was there um and she was like oh you can keep this and remember him and (sighs) me and mama there like and this little stock poor kid she goes yeah all right (laughs) (laughs) i was expecting you to be like and then she sobbed 
and cried and we had to <laughs> wrench the dog off her. She's just like, yeah, all right. It was all right, yeah. Um, but the thing that made me think of that when you were talking about names, so he was called Ernie when we got him. Oh, perfect. Um, he just suits it, so we we capped it. But he didn't respond to us calling him Ernie for ages. Did you just put on an accent? Oh, no. <laughs> He'd be like, Ernie, Ernie. And he wouldn't look and you'd go, Erna, and then he'd look. <laughs> I love it. Why did you not keep this up? Erna. Because it can't be like in the park, like trying to get your dog back on the lead, like, come, come here, come on, baby, come here. Erna. <laughs> yes, yeah, she can. It's gold. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, oh, go on. I do have to go and pick Ian up from the station, so I might I have, have to, to click. Fair enough, babe. Um, I think we've probably got enough for the episode. Yeah. This nonsense. I feel like a catch-up episode is a, like a joy to record, apart from Dave still doing karaoke. I presume it's the same <laughs> song. Uh, I, I want to do more of these. Could this be like yeah. a monthly affair? I think, yeah, like every so many we'll do one of these. Because we've decided, listeners, that this isn't our job. This is <laughs> our fun hobby. Um, mm-hmm. So our routine is our own. We're going to do what we want. And it's going to be chill. Yeah. We're going to have a nice time. Mm-hmm. So sorry, there's going to be less consistency and research. We hold and was reserve the right to, on some weeks... Do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you should go pick Ian up. Yep. Who I think is, is one of our top fans as well. So um, shout out to you, Ian. We love you very much. Standing looking confused at the station currently. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice day. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Um, okay. Well, go on then. Charlotte, it's your old pal, Sir McCallum here. After all those birthday cards that you got me to sign for our wonderful mutual friend, Hannah, we thought that it was paused to return the delightful favour to you. All we have to do is to decide what to do with the time... Mm, That's not right. All we have to do is to decide what to have for dinner every single night of our lives until we die. But until then, happy birthday, Charlotte. Hope you have a wonderful time. We all love you very much. Oh, oh. Vibes, it's me, Feminine Bomb Bolash. Thanks so much for all your support after my appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race, where we can all agree that I was whooped. I hope you have a gorgeous day and enjoy the last bit of your 20s, babes. Not a joke, just a fact. Hey, Charlotte, man, it's me. Samuel Taylor Coleridge, or is it Coleridge? Cool, man. Anyway, I'm here to wish you a happy birthday, despite all those nasty letters that you wrote to me during your A-level English literature studies. All I want to know is, wherefore stoppest thou me, dude?
sure it's me, your soda stream machine. Me and the flavours just wanted to wish you all the best on your special day. Well, thank you so much for not letting Ian milk him. Love you, babe. Have a boss one. here from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hannah's been in touch and got me to do these vouchers for nonsensical fortune readings. So next time you're in 1990s Victorian London, give me a bell and I'll book you in. I've got to run now. I'm late to stare wide-eyed at Spike while he writes out a plan doomed to fail in exactly 45 minutes of filming. Ta-ta. Hiya Charlotte, it's me Vin Diesel. Um, I heard you were a big fan, so I've just um, done this little message for you on your special day. Um, and yeah, if you ever want to lift anywhere, or a really big strong hug, or you need saving from terrorists on Christmas Day. I'm gonna stand me. Hannah hasn't seen any of these films. But you can just give me a bell and I'll be there. Too fast, too furious. Ready for your babes. Have a boss day. Love you. Grr. brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We love hearing from you. Find us on Instagram at pocketfulofwhy. Email us over at pocketfulofwhypodcast at gmail.com. Transcripts and show notes are over on our blog, pocketfulofwhy.wordpress.com. We'll speak soon. Bye! Bye.